It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. It's great to be with you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners right here with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. So after a year of 0% interest rates and money printing and a little cough, inflation appears to be the result, at least in the short term. So the big question is, why is the Fed downplaying inflation, or at least even possibly recklessly trying to create it? Will it threaten the economy and stock market recovery? And most importantly, how can you protect your money? Mm. That and more coming up in this episode. That's right. That's what we're helping you with today. If you have any questions or you have any needs, gosh, we're here for you. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000 online wisemoneyshow.com. You can find us right there and submit questions right there or reach out to us on the right. Um, and then all of our social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Just search Wise Money Show and follow us there. All right. So uh, thou shall not steal. Thou shall not give false accounts, I think is how scripture says it. And we interpret that. Don't lie. And yet there's this growing concern, I have to say, probably in that camp, that the federal government and the Federal Reserve, two separate entities, seem to be lying to us about inflation, right? It just, I, it just seems like they're not telling the whole truth <laughs> when it comes to inflation because it just seems as a consumer, prices are going up. And yet they keep telling us, it's nothing, it's nothing. We're going to dive into that here on this show. But it's not about the speculation, although there will be some of that. It's going to be about what you should do with your money if we're going to see inflation. Let's level the playing field, though. What is inflation? Why is it a good thing? Or wait, is it a bad thing? Or what's it all about? Yeah, I feel I feel like every client that comes in and when the conversation turns to investments or the economy or anything... They, they go on a rant about inflation. I mean, everyone has an opinion on this. If you've been to Home Depot or Lowe's lately and you've uh, been buying some lumber or something and, and the prices have offended you, um, you're feeling it, right? Or, or many of our clients, you know, they're somehow tied to the local economy here in manufacturing or, or whatever. And the, the disruptions across the entire supply chain are causing shortages of things and therefore price increases, mm-hmm. maybe price skyrocketing in, in some cases. And here's the question, you know, what's driving that? Was it this freeze in Texas uh, a couple months ago? Was it, uh, was it, is it global supply chain issues because of pandemic? Is it Fed created? I mean, this is, this is, the skepticism. I sent a screenshot of a uh, a financial person, a little post on social media. I sent a screenshot to Josh and Kevin when they were supposed to be sleeping last night. And we just, you know, send each other little reminders. Don't sleep. Think about the business. Um, <laughs> and uh, but it but it was an individual who said stock market at all time highs, 
housing prices at all-time highs, cryptocurrencies at all-time highs, and then he he stopped there. But you could say lumber prices all-time high, steel prices all-time high, copper prices all-time high, and yet the Fed says we're going to keep interest rates at zero through 2023 and keep printing trillions of dollars because the economy needs our support and we're trying to create inflation. What of those comments doesn't fit? <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, That's where the suspicion is. I got to tell you, I'm just being just throwing it all out there today. So I, I, I am. My curious mind goes back to what is the definition of inflation? Inflation, and I like this definition: the rate at which the value of currency is falling, and consequently the general level of prices for goods and services is rising. So think of a teeter totter. So the value of the currency is going down. So uh, costs or prices are going up. And you say, well, is it possible that the the value of the currency is going down? And I say, well, if you had a, a certain amount of currency and then we added 5.7 trillion with a T to fight a global pandemic, that has to have an effect. And so so you look at that and you say, well, intuitively that has to have an effect, But and I'm looking and so, yes, the, the freeze in Texas had an effect on the price of resin. So if you know someone who is in manufacturing and uses resin, the, their, their uh, prices for that, is those are off the chart. And if you know someone who's building a house right now, the, their price of lumber is off the charts. And, it, and if you look at the price of corn and soybeans and all that stuff, you're like, everything is getting more expensive. But I'm being told, hey, listen, uh, you know, it's been it's been two percent forever, and it's really don't worry about inflation; it's not a thing. So you say, well, what is real? What is real? And then if you say, if inflation is real, and I'm being told that there's no inflation, why would I be told that there's no inflation? What is there something sinister? So 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 they don't know, or they don't care, or they want to possibly mislead you. I, I think there's a lot of crosswinds happening right now because just prices going up is not always due to inflation. Sometimes it is good old-fashioned high school economics happening, right? Supply and demand on display. Just like, uh, you know, how, how many times in the past have there been a listeria breakout that causes a recall on tomatoes? All of a sudden you can't find a tomato anywhere. And if you do, the price has skyrocketed. It's because of a shortage temporarily. As soon as the supply comes back, prices come back down to earth. And so if we have these major supply shocks happening or interruptions, that can create an instant spike in prices that hides the fact that I think inflation is happening underneath. So the, the question is, when supply does get better, when, when we can get more two-by-fours and when there is more steel available and everything, will the price come back down? Or has this inflation, this manipulation by the, the Fed taken root and kind of quietly, you know, grown over time under, um, uh, uh, under the shadow, I guess, of a supply issue here? Yeah. There's, Josh, you've defined it at least helpful for me in the past where it's inflation comes when there's too many dollars chasing after too few of goods or services. 
And that, I don't know, that just resonates with me, going back to what Kevin said, how much money has been printed. And when you take that plus the any sort of constraint in the supply chain, you have fewer goods available when people want them and a lot of dollars chasing after them. And so here we go. We have inflation. Right. Here's the question, though. Do we want inflation? No, that seems bad. So do we want deflation? No, that's even worse. And here is the thing, guys. <laughs> and and this is this is going to blow your mind. Right now, there's actually a force at work that's much bigger than the Fed money printing and all of this other stuff. It's we are in a um, we are in a technological age, and you've got Moore's laws at work. Uh, Moore's law at work. You've got other things at play here that technology is this growing force that is driving prices down, creating de deflation. And now we've got money printing, creating inflation. Which one will win and which one do we want to win? I, I want to get, Kevin, Josh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on, on deflation and, you know, sort of what wins in that environment, what's best for the overall economy, stock market, and then, of course, we got to take this down to, you know, what do you do about it? Hyperinflation, like we saw back in the 70s and 80s, that's what we all want to avoid. But is inflation good or is deflation good? And what forces are at work? We've got all that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What's, what's Moore's Law? And, and what does that have to do with inflation and the money printing? Is there a connection between the technolo technological revolution that's happening and all this money printing? I don't know. If we see inflation, what should you be doing about it? That's what we're talking about right now. This is the Wise Money Show. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. Make sure you stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media. Connect with us there. Just search the Wise Money Show. Okay, so we're talking about uh, the big bad, uh, the the big bad wolf. Is that what it's been? Huff and puff, and I'll blow you down. That's Who's afraid of so the big so bad wolf? inflation, right? That's what everyone's worried about because we're looking around and we're seeing steel prices all time highs, copper all time highs, stock market all time highs, houses prices all time high, and people are getting worried. Hey, is my is my my lifestyle potentially at risk here? Because the money that I have today, the money I'm earning today, won't be able to buy and afford the same lifestyle as it did in the future. Well, we gotta we gotta talk about before we kind of put the wraps on that. We gotta talk about deflation. We gotta talk about technology. So let's spend a little time there. I mentioned Moore's law, Kevin. What is that? Yeah, in the spirit of being a jargon-free zone, Moore's law, and we'll give credit where credit is due. Nice job, Gordon Moore. In 1965, he observed that the number of transistors per silicon chip doubles every year. And basically the idea is that technology every 18 months is getting twice as fast and half as expensive. Mm -hmm. So you look at that and you say, well, is that is that really true? And I can just tell you from a guy that's bought technology, I bought 
uh, my first computer was an Atari 800 when I was a sophomore in high school in 1984. Josh is laughing for those of you that can't see him. <laughs> right. Um, and so it was basically a word processor, but I could play Joust and a few other uh, games on it, which uh, g- gave it great purpose. But here's the here's the thing. In f- uh, uh, technology is incredibly deflationary. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you look at that and you say, "Hey, this is this is super," because look at the TV, look at the size and the quality of the TV that I can buy for five hundred dollars, and I'm like, "Well, that's cool." Uh, how many TVs have you eaten lately? <laughs> right? <laughs> because. Because what we're what we're concerned about, people is, are going to start using TVs uh, to build rooms instead, like instead of lumber, right. it'll just put a TV right. up and yeah, that's right, build a wall. Yeah, so that's a good idea. Actually. Yeah, yeah we'll have a wall. T- so, so this is where when you look at this, you say, well, what, what, how does this apply to me? What does this mean for me? Well, the question is, what wins? So we've got technology. So technology is a driving force, and it is making things cheaper. And if you look at a chart of the past 20, 25 years of how different expense categories have trended, I will tell you, and and this is not a political show. We're not, you know, I don't want to get into that distraction. But the areas that have declined significantly in price over the past 20, 25 years are all connected to technology. The areas that have grown significantly in price over the past 20, 25 years have some sort of connection to government funding or government spending. And right. I like there's no and then right in between is housing and wages and those sorts of things. And okay. that is not a political statement. That is just a statement. Yeah, of just, fact. yeah if you so, just if you just look at the numbers. So what what wins government spending or technology? And, and then before we go to what should you do about it, Josh, can you hit, like, what do we want to win? Inflation or deflation? Like, what's good? What's bad? Yeah, I, I feel like it depends on who you are. Because as consumers, when I go to Best Buy and I'm looking for a new TV, it is shocking how much you can get for the money, right? And, and yet, if you're the one who is producing that TV, you recognize that because of productivity, because producers or manufacturers can get more done with less money. Um, they, they, can, they can produce more for the same amount of inputs and everything. That is deflationary. They don't like that as much. They like to see the prices going up and their profits going up with it. But we as consumers, deflation is a wonderful thing because if you've got 100 bucks in your pocket and tomorrow that $100 will go further than it does today, that, that's a fantastic thing. You can buy more stuff in the future. But that's not what we all worry about. That's not what we all experience because as consumers, especially in retirement, with folks living longer and longer and many people on a fixed income, you, you have the same amount of dollars that you did five years ago, and yet they're not going as far because all the stuff you spend money on is going up in price. That's inflation. That hurts. I, my, my kids were asking me about this the other day. We were on a family walk, and it was the craziest questions that kids come up with sometimes, <laughs> where they were asking me why inflation was a bad thing. And I, I, I didn't even have the presence of mind to ask them why in the world they were asking that. <laughs> um, I, I need to circle back on that one. But I, I explained to them that there are a lot of folks who are in retirement, and much of their income is coming from fixed income, like a pension or like Social Security. And every time life gets more expensive, those folks hurt because of it. Yeah. And so 
on, on, so you could make a case then that we want deflation or prices to not move. The challenge with that, though, even though as consumers that would feel great, as as folks that are trying to earn a wage or invested in the stock market or interested in buying a house or owning a house, deflation and sort of those underpinnings of the economy would be threatened, are threatened by deflation. Would you buy a house for $200,000 and borrow a lot of that in a mortgage with the confidence that a year later it was going to be worth less and five Mm -hmm. years later it was going to be worth less and 10 years later it was going to be worth less you wouldn't buy that house would you buy a stock would you buy ownership in a company if that if 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 that was the natural order of things no you wouldn't and so while it helps the consumer deflation it threatens some of the underpinnings of our economy Mm -hmm. and therefore there is this question out there i'm just going to throw this and then we're going to move on there is a question out there that this CP lie, as Kevin Corhorn called it, mm-hmm. maybe the Fed is trying to fleece us here and say, we got to keep printing money. We got to keep interest rates at zero, which should inspire inflation, should. Um, even though we're seeing prices at all-time highs, we've got to do that because we actually need to fight the growing the growing force of technology deflation. It, that's... I'm, I'm, that's that's yeah. possible. That's a narrative out there. I'm not saying there's you should have um, a lot of faith in that, but that's what some people are saying. Yeah, and I, I see it a little bit differently. Um, I, I look at the monstrous amount of federal debt that we have, the the trillions, 28, 29 trillion. What I, I've lost track, right, yeah. of how much money the government has borrowed. And and here's what we know about inflation. As life gets more expensive over time, inflation is a good thing if you're a borrower. That's right. Because you get to pay back the loan with cheaper dollars, almost meaningless dollars dollars if you give it enough time. And so who is the, the largest borrower in all the world? It is the federal government. And inflation, in a way, is kind of a bailout for the federal government. And so you asked an important question, what's going to win, inflation or deflation? There are plenty of political forces, and this all sounds conspiracy theorist, yeah. but it, it, it's just the reality, right? The, the federal government benefits if there's more inflation. And so you have to just be aware and, and almost assume that inflation is going to be a corrosive thing for you in retirement. And you, you've got to turn your own financial planning to deal with that reality. Deflation can happen in the short term, but there are a lot of forces, a lot of political minds geared towards making sure inflation is happening at some level. I, I, Josh, well said. Well said. And and actually a great segue into, well, then what should you be doing? Like, And there is some concern. Oh, inflation's coming. Jump out of the stock market or quickly buy a house at no matter the price. We're going to talk to you about what you should be doing. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. In the face of uncertainty, what should you do? Kevin, what should you do? In the face of... Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. And the right. traveler's gift, Andy Andrews. 
a fabulous book. I recommend it highly. And right now, there's great uncertainty over about uh, over inflation. W- what will there be inflation? Will there be deflation? What should you be doing? Lots of people are stuck. We're going to help you with it right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Had a lot of bonus content right there. So go check it out. Search the Wise Money Show on YouTube. Subscribe to it there. Give us that thumbs up if you like the content. Leave comments below as well. Kevin's trying to give away books on the YouTube channel as well, so go go check that out. All right, so what should you be doing about it? And and I tell you, people are concerned about inflation. I personally am concerned about deflation more. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But this banter creates potentially the people to freeze in their finances and not take any steps forward. So I would tell you before we get into what you should be doing with your money, it's got to start with working with your certified financial planner. It has to, because looking at all six areas of your financial life, present financial position, protection planning, tax planning, investments, retirement, and estate planning, that's where you see how is everything fitting together and whether there's inflation, deflation, or whatever, what's my wise, what's the next wise step I need to make in my life, whether there's inflation or not. So that, that's what I'd encourage you to do. Now, if we are going to see inflation, what, what should you be doing? I mean, where should you be putting your money? You know, what? So I wouldn't even say if we're going to see inflation. I'm going to say because we're going to see inflation. I'm going to be a little bit stronger than that. Good. Um, and, and to me, I, we've been saying that, though, for our entire careers, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we help people plan for a brighter future. And... In order to do that, a certified financial planner is going to try to help you protect against the major risks that you're going to face long into that future. And one of the things that we've said so many times on this show, in the classes that we teach, in the appointments that we hold with with clients, is that you're going to live a long time, maybe longer than you think you are. And you're going to be spending more money than you think you will out there in the future. And both of those create a risk to you that boy, what if I'm not ready at the beginning of retirement for the length of retirement and the expense of retirement that I'm facing? And, and that's why the, the solution, the antidote to inflation or that corrosive you know, loss of spending power throughout your retirement is to have a game plan that takes it into consideration. You have to have assets that you're building up that have the power to grow and keep out ahead of inflation because you're going to need more money out there in the future than what you do today. And so to me, this is, this is the intersection of managing risk and choosing wise investments for a long retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So choosing wise investments. If we're going to see inflation or because we're going to see inflation, um, if it could run wild, do you bail out of the stock market? Guys, I, to me, history doesn't support that. Now, if we have runaway or scary inflation or hyperinflation or whatever, that could lead to some temporary declines in the market like we've seen in the past. But the only thing that I can see that has clobbered inflation over the long term has been equities. So if you're looking and saying, what in the world is Jerry Powell doing? printing money like crazy. We're going to have runaway inflation. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. I better bail out on things. 
History doesn't support that. I get your emotions support that because I have those emotions too, but history doesn't support that. Stocks do great during declining inflation and low inflation, but they, stocks do still beat inflation over time. Okay, so if we're going to see potentially higher than average inflation, I'm looking at the chart right now, it's averaged 2% the past 20 years. Before that, it might have averaged close to 3%. Okay, and you got to go back into the 70s and before when it was even higher than that. But stocks over that period of time have just handedly beat that. So don't abandon equities. I'd tell you, make sure you've got an investment approach that that's consistent with those long-term financial goals. To us, that's a diversified mix of great funds with a momentum strategy connected with it, okay? Be wise about your investment approach in the face of, uh, of inflation. I was thinking about a year ago today, our dynamic models were 100% cash. They were getting back into the market right now, a year ago today. That's what I said. Yeah, but uh, yes, they, 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 were just, back, they had just they come were... out of... Yeah. A long period of being, you know, a couple months of being in cash. Yeah. Right. So the so the question is, if inf if inflation is real, this is where I would encourage you to lean in a little bit and say and, and ask the question, well, what is inflation and how does it affect me? Because inflation is based on a basket of goods and services and and the basket of goods and services that you buy on a daily or weekly basis. Some of those things aren't included in inflation. So I, I in the CPI uh, measure that the government uses exactly. Yeah. You and Mike are so helpful um, <laughs> as I continue to mislead folks. Um, no, so right, exactly, Josh. So if we're looking just at CPI, you say, no, what about inflation? So if if I know that I'm going to need more money in the future or more dollars to buy the same basket of goods and services, but I'm not going to be working to earn that. How should my money be structured today so that the value of my money today keeps pace with the devaluation of the dollar? Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I want. So in order to do that, I want to have a crystal clear picture of where all of my financial life exists today. I want my financial life to be 100% decisionable because, I, I mean, if you look, if you do a Google search and say, what assets uh, help with inflation? Uh, one of the first things is gold. Well, if you look at gold, uh, not really. Not really. Not really. I mean, gold today is. Yeah, not, I mean, gold today is where it was 12 years ago. And we've done several uh, Next Why Step videos on our YouTube channel about this and get a lot of comments about people saying, well, cryptos do. Cryptos, cryptos. Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. How long has cryptos been around? Has that, has that had a staying power? So back in the 70s, how did cryptos do when we had hi hyperinflation? We don't know. They didn't exist. And so I, I don't know. But there is so so equities, stocks, it might be a more volatile ride. There might be temporary declines if we see hyperinflation. Um, but stocks should be inflation. Real estate tends to as well. Now you got to be careful today. How much of that future inflation beating are you paying for today? <laughs> because prices are getting bid up well above ask, um, well above what they can be uh, appraised for. But your house, if you look back over time, that does tend to not beat inflation, but at least match it. And um, and if you're renting, if you're, it's rental real estate, then your rental income, the rent you charge should keep pace with inflation as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that simple fact, these 
tangible, real assets going up in value when just everything in life is going up in value. That's one of the reasons why the stock market is often one of the very best inflation protectors. Because when you buy into the stock market, you're buying a small little sliver of world-class companies that own real assets. Yeah. They, they own you know, pr- production um, facilities and warehouses and trucks and trains and things like that that as life gets more expensive, those things are growing in value as well. There's real productive stuff underneath or underlying those investments that you're making. And, and you know, right, there's, there's real, real expensive lumber inside that house and, and those sorts of things. And, but, you know, the challenge is with how quickly this, the housing market has gone up, um, whether, yeah, I mean, there's a big question about whether we're in the next housing bubble as well. And I think leverage, which is the other thing that if we're going to see inflation, having the right amount of leverage might be helpful for you just based on how inflation works. So work with your certified financial planner. That's that's really the big message. I, I also have a question about, well, should you be in bonds? Do bonds keep up with inflation and other things? We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. What investments are good tools, good instruments during inflationary times? And um, are they? Is it is it the traditional approach, or do you take a different approach? That's where helping you with right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Go check it out wherever you listen. Search the Wise Money Show and follow us there if you're on iTunes. Subscribe to it if you're anywhere else, okay? And if you would, please do me a favor and rate the show while you're there on podcast. That that helps us, gives us feedback, those comments and all of that. We we look at those. So thank you. Um, okay. So stocks, we said over time will have, have a history of just clobbering inflation, just outperforming uh, over, over inflation, at least double. Okay. Real estate should keep pace with inflation. You know what else used to keep pace with inflation? Bond interest rates. I remember saving up for my wife's engagement ring in 2004, five, in that range, in a money market account. Guess what it was paying? 4%. 4.75%. Guess what inflation was around then? And eh, they, you know, we were coming out of the 3 to 4% range. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What are you getting on your, inter- on your savings account right now? And where's inflation? The Fed says it's around 2%. CPI says it's around 2.1%. Whatever they say they want the average to be 2 we're not going to see 2% interest rates. Maybe ever. Uh, it's not happening in the short term. Bond interest rates, because the Fed has said, we're going to keep our interest rate, Fed funds, are, the, 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 zero, the, the shortest term interest rate that they have influence over at zero, through 2023, we promise, scouts honor, um, while we're trying to create inflation means that your fixed income investments, which by economic sort of laws, interest rates are supposed to keep place with inflation. The Fed has basically said, not right now, folks, not right now. 
So in my opinion, you should have for your, you, it's not that you should abandon bonds because the risk level is different. Make sure you're making a, uh, a wise, have, a, have a wise investment strategy for your overall financial plan. I would consider having more momentum strategy with your bonds right now as opposed to just a buy and hold trying to clip a coupon. Yeah, these are these are interesting times with bonds, and not to get too nerdy here, but um, you know, there's there's different lengths of loans that you can make as an investor into the bond world, and that short end of the spectrum is the one that the Fed is manipulating right now. They are intentionally holding interest rates down, and um, and you and know what's stimulative so fun- to the economy. I keep keep going, but I just want to tell you, by the way, that's the one that they're manipulating right now, and they have said, but. If the longer term yields start going wild, we'll we'll exercise yield curve control, which means we don't care. We'll manipulate the whole thing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They'll that just crazy? start buying the long term stuff and yeah, put, pushing the price up and the, the interest rates down. That, but that's the issue. Normally, under normal circumstances, the longer term bonds, the 10 years on up, that's driven more by supply and demand, by the markets, people either wanting to hold bonds or not wanting to hold bonds. And what happens is those bond investors, as soon as they start fearing inflation, they require a higher interest rate in order to be compensated for that interest rate or for, for that inflation. And so they have to demand lower prices when they're buying, which means basically the, the old adage, Kevin's talked about the, the teeter-totter effect. When interest rates go up, your bonds actually go down in value. And that can catch people by surprise because we've, we've always thought that our bond investments are our safe, steady, and predictable investments. But there are times when they can fluctuate in value in the wrong direction. And so this is a time where you need to be working with your certified financial planner to make sure that you have the right mix between stocks and bonds. You don't want to just kind of blindly go go into this market right now and do the same old approach that has maybe always worked for you over the past 20 or 30 years because they, there may be different forces ahead of us here. Mm-hmm. Um, what about other investment categories? You know, we talked about you know, real estate, we've talked about stocks, we've talked about bonds, commodities. Is this where we finally see commodities as the broad basket coming back? We have seen that so far in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. And so prices of commodities, but the the practical thing, if this is a show about financial planning, the practical thing, if you said, hey, how do I cash in if I believe that commodity prices are going up? And this is the this is the other thing. Talking about these various assets and asset classes as a response, what you don't want to do is have a knee jerk reaction or listen to some Yahoo on the radio talking about inflation and say, "Oh, therefore I'm going to do this or that or the other thing." So you want to have this as a component of a financial plan that works because I've I, as I look at this, I've questioned. What, what do we do with bonds? When I started in my career 28 years ago, the idea was, well, a 60-40 mix of stocks and bonds will get people where they want to go. I'm not convinced that's the case anymore. But you want to, you want to fully understand if that's not the case, what should your response be and can you handle it? Because most of us can't handle it. Because if you can hear this right now and you're breathing oxygen, you are hardwired to be a horrible investor. And that includes the three yahoos who are talking on the radio right now. So wait a second, Kevin. Did you say 
the 60-40 allocation is going to live forever or the 60-40 is dead? Like we talked about on the Wise Money Show a couple months ago, and I believe there is a little skepticism about that idea. Yeah, I... I still have that same skepticism. Ah, Sorry, it, Josh. Of course, <clears throat> no, I'm just teasing. I, you know, no, being it, diversified still should be a core part of your your portfolio and your strategy. It's just you can't blindly, you know, just trust a a diversified mix of investments and just let it ride. Isn't that interesting? See, I agree. I do agree completely with that. And so, and yet we're in this age of index funds only and target dates only. Guys, I I would just tell you. Um, that you've got to have that base level of diversification, I believe, despite these weird, the, the weird crosswinds going on in the economy. But if you don't also have a momentum strategy that is dynamically adjusting or a dynamic asset allocator connected to that, there could be, there could be significant pain and damage. I, that mm-hmm. be, just just because. We also did a show, not only a 60-40 dead, we also did a show, how was it called? Is this time different? Or it's different <laughs> this time. I can't get the uh, grammar right. But Different this time, it is. It is. Thanks, Yoda. <laughs> it, it is. You're, you can't look at the chart of the Fed's assets, the chart of the government debt, the chart of the deficit, and say, yeah, yeah, you know, this happens every, uh, every once in a while. This, what's happening right now has... The closest you could say is during some of the world wars we've seen this, but even not to this extent. So, so what do we do? What what if you're listening to this and saying, okay, you guys have brought me this far. What am I supposed to do about this? I'm pretty sure no one else is still listening right now because <laughs> there has been so much banter and discussion about what in the world's ahead. I mean, I appreciate that call to action, Kevin. To me, it's got to start with a comprehensive financial plan connected with what are my long-term goals, i.e., what am I investing for? Josh said that earlier, you've got to do that five-factor retirement plan, and you've got to assume, whether you're a skeptic or not, you've got to assume there will be inflation. So when you're looking at what your lifestyle is today, when when you're stress testing your current savings, your assets, you've got to assume there will still be inflation in the future so that you're saving the right amount. And then connected to that, or informing that needs to be a diversified uh, investment strategy that's connected to your risk tolerance, okay? Even though we're saying, hey, we could see a time period where bonds don't even keep up with inflation, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have any bonds. A bad year in the bond market is a bad day in the stock market, a different, different uh, volatility. But I would have an investment portfolio, investment strategy connected to your long-term plan and then I'm just saying, make sure that includes a momentum component, which we call dynamic. Have I missed anything? Is that No, I would just emphasize what you were just saying, though, because it is always a temptation when the stock market has just gone vertical and is just climbing so fast that conservative investors suddenly feel maybe pulled into investments that are more risky than what they've ever experienced before. And, and so it's important to remember who you are, right? That if you're not going to sleep well at night when you see the stock market fluctuating too much, then don't have an, an exaggerated portion of your portfolio tied to that just because that feels like the only thing that's making money right now. Um, so, so don't lose sight of what 
the right amount of risk is for your risk tolerance. But at the same time, you also have to recognize and know what is the right level of risk for your financial plan. That's right. And right. There, there's a certain amount of growth that you are just going to need to achieve in order for that bright future to actually be obtainable for you. So that, that is why getting an outside perspective on this is so important because, we, as Kevin was saying, we are, we are built as emotional beings and we can't help but bring our emotion to our investment decisions. So having someone in your life who's not emotional about your investments and your financial plan, someone who can be more um, caring and concerned about it, but not worked up about it. That, that brings in an outside perspective that hopefully will steer you clear of some of the mistakes that would be natural. Three other action items here. One, um, if you are uh, attracted, let's say, to rental real estate, you might not be able to find deals right now, but work with your certified financial planner. That can be a way to keep up with potential inflation if we see it. Work with your financial planner. Make sure that you approach the rental real estate pursuit within the context of your overall financial plan so things don't get out of, out of balance, you don't overextend yourself in trying to do that. I came, I feel so strongly about these, or we, because it was collaborated, um, four laws of rental real estate. If you don't have the cash, don't do it. If you don't have the know-how, don't do it. If you don't have the time, don't do it. If you can't look someone in the face and, and handle confrontation, hey, that blood stain was not there when you moved in. Oh, yes, it was. No, there's a knife still in the carpet. That was not there. Um, <laughs> you did that, right? Uh, so uh, any, any, where's your cat, by the way? The $10,000 uh, cat. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so that's an, that's an action item. Um, uh, oh, my goodness, we're, we're running out of time. Uh, if, you're, if your college account is really aggressive right now, I would consider tune into when you're going to use that money. Okay. Don't try and fight inflation and coming inflation with money that you're going to be spending in the next year or whatever. You've got to have the right risk tolerance. And same with your emergency fund. We just said you're not going to get any interest on those dollars and there's going to be inflation most likely in the short term. So do you now take a bunch of risk with your emergency fund? Don't, don't. Not without talking to your certified financial planner. That's the big message. So I hope that helps, guys. Um, we'll see. We'll Likely, we'll be discussing inflation more. That is all the time we have for today. We have a Josh, Craig, Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and all of us here at KFG. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.